Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. It's good to be back with you on this Wednesday. Hope all is well in your world. And of course, you know what the big story is. What's commanding attention all around the announcement yesterday evening. Probably one of the, um, how would I describe this? least surprising (laughs) announcements that we've heard about in recent days. And I'll be very curious to hear from you. Very curious. Before I get started here, I have to tell you I am profoundly surprised by what I've been observing just in the past few days. There is certainly a sea change that has taken place. I mean, I'll mention, for instance, I, years ago, used to listen on a regular basis to Breitbart. They have a daily program on satellite radio. And I'm just keeping it real here. It got to the point that Breitbart pretty much became Trump-Bart. And it's been interesting to listen in recent days because... There seems to be a shift there as well. I'm quite shocked that the cheerleading seems to be gone, seems to be gone completely. And now what we have, it seems like a very objective perspective and a desire to basically take in all of the data that's there. And by that, I mean what President, former President Donald Trump has to say, but also give other candidates a chance as well. And it sounds like Donald Trump is in a place where he's going to have to make his case. And by that, I mean a fresh case for why he should be president of the United States again. I will be very curious to hear from you. Those of you who watched the announcement, did you watch the entire thing? Did you not watch? Were there any surprises? Were any minds changed yesterday evening? So I'm very, very curious to get your thoughts. As I mentioned, not a surprise at all. But everything culminated in... Really, this very, very short line delivered during the course of this, what, one-hour address yesterday out of Mar-a-Lago. Here is Donald Trump pretty much making the announcement about 2024. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States.
Very simple. Very straightforward. Thank you. All of you. That's is the bottom line from yesterday evening's speech. I'm very curious to hear from you, and I, I want to provide a lot of opportunity, especially for those of you who are still hardcore Trump supporters. I want to hear from you. I want you to call and make your case. Why should Donald Trump be the nominee on the Republican side for 2024? By the way, I want to give... Uh, Chris, basically, heads up here. For some reason, I have a slight echo that is uh, lingering for a little bit. So I just want to give you a heads up about that. What is pretty much not surprising again, the surprise that I get from those on the text line, the people who are, let's just say, very, very hostile toward this host, because I am not a person who is completely on the Trump side. We begin with this one. <laughs> Vince, you never broke out of slavery. Trump owns you. We don't want our thoughts. You tell us our thoughts are wrong because we will vote for Trump. <laughs> this is sad. It really is. Trump has my vote just because of what Democrats have done to him and this country. Democrats and media lie daily and make false accusations. Vince, if you listened to Trump's speech last night, you may have noticed that very quickly he reminded blacks and Asians their low unemployment rate was because of him. In other words, you owe me your loyalty. <laughs> Vince, is anybody... Better than Biden. That's why Trump is the number one guy. It's either DeSantis or Trump, this texture says. All the rest are just the establishment. Vince, I will not support Trump anymore. I don't care about his middle school mouth. But man, many people do. The hatred against him, deserved and undeserved, is too strong. Great show, Vince. Donald Trump, please go away. Wow. This person warning, very ominous warning out of the upstate. There isn't going to be another election in 24. Wait and see. How many times have I heard this? Going all the way back to the Obama days. <laughs> that is a very uh, relentless, relentless conspiracy theory. By the way, I want to remind you. The way to reach this program, the Ingalls Market Stock Line, 800 the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. Especially those of you who are Trump supporters, I want to hear from you. I want you to call in. Make your case. Please, no platitudes. I'm serious. And in the spirit of what I just communicated to you, Let's begin with a call from Jeremy. Jeremy, good morning, and welcome to the broadcast. Hey, good morning, Vince. Um, so I kind of come down in the middle here. My, my opinion on him announcing, I, I have definitely become more of a, a, a on the DeSantis side of things. I, he's more, you know, Trump comes with all this baggage that we talk about. But he, the only thing that I think of that is good by him kind of getting in the mix is 
you know, given his temperament and, you know, the last time I called in your show was probably was right after the 2020 election. And I am a firm believer that there were all kinds of anomalies in that election and even in the past election last week um, that are unfair. And there's some 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 bad mojo in these elections. Um, I think at the time you were very kind of not wanting to engage in that. But uh, Trump you know, the only thing I can see good about him getting in is he will not let that issue go. And I think the problem is most people are just not willing to uh, address and confront the fact that the elections have been um, corrupted and um, there is some some bad things happening in swing states. And and, uh, I don't know if you are still sort of you know, in in denial in a way that, that that kind of stuff has taken place and that is swinging, that swung the 2020 election and that swung some of these elections like in Arizona. But uh, we'll, we'll, We're going to talk about it. We'll address that, Jeremy. I do appreciate your call. A great way to start off. Good to hear from you. Much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the broadcast, you may have had to do a little searching to find the president's announcement, the former president's announcement last night. Before I go into this, I just want to call out the hypocrisy of the mainstream news media. And here's what I mean by that. They aired what amounted to political advertisements. Not once, but twice. You remember when Joe Biden went out and delivered that, what people were calling the dark Brandon speech? And there was one after that. Both times, what was the theme? It was basically an anti-MAGA speech. It was political. It was not anything of national security value. It was not something important that the country needed to know about. This was basically free advertising. I just want to remind you, of whose side the mainstream media is on. They're trash. I'm just being very blunt about this. The hypocrisy of not carrying a Donald Trump speech at the same time providing prime time for the old coot to go on TV and take cheap shots at Americans It's highly irresponsible. And again, it undermines any pretense of journalistic integrity these folks may boast about, because it's simply not there. By the way, if you're on the line, hang on. We will try to get to your calls very soon, because what I first want to address is the fact that the broadcast networks chose not to take Donald Trump's campaign announcement. The country's three major broadcast networks opted not to carry the speech live. ABC, NBC, CBS, 
decided to stick with previously scheduled entertainment programming. Reality show Bachelor in Paradise on ABC, science fiction drama Labrie on NBC, and a fictionalized show about the FBI and CBS. On cable, Fox News Channel aired most of the speech live. CNN carried the first 25 minutes before switching back to a panel discussion after Trump formally announced his candidacy. MSNBC chose not to air the speech at all, choosing instead to stick with Alex Wagner's 9 p.m. show. Now, the consolation on that is the ratings for MSNBC are so far down. Anyway, who freaking cares? And they deserve to be in the rating cellar. And let me throw this out to you. If these folks really cared about their ratings, why not do something different? For instance, if you know people are not watching your crap, why don't you bring some balance to your network? Why not give a conservative a show? You ever thought about that before? Put that show in prime time to run against the Fox News Channel, against Newsmax. But these folks are all in on propaganda. That's the reason why. Now, some are surprised by the fact that Fox carried this, considering several network commentators expressed a clear on-air preference last week for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to take over as the Republican 2024 standard bearer. Two other properties in Rupert Murdoch's media empire, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, also signaled last week a preference for DeSantis, with the Post declaring him the future on the tabloid's cover. The Journal's editorial board declaring Trump as the Republican Party's biggest loser. During the 2016 presidential race, CNN was frequently criticized for giving ample airtime to Trump's speeches. The network's new chief... Chris Light told reporters, told employees on Tuesday, coverage decisions about Trump as a candidate would be made on a case-by-case basis. So, I'd love to get your thoughts as well about the media's decision here. The major networks choosing not to take any of this speech live. Let's go out to a couple of quick calls here, beginning in Greenville, South Carolina, in the upstate, with Wes. Good morning, Wes. Welcome. Hey, Vince. Thank you. Um, you know, what I like to tell people when we start talking about Trump is judge him on the standard that every single president before him was ever judged on, and he's off the chart. I work in the buy here, pay here car business, okay? A lot of people with shaky credit. You know, bad, um, not a lot of money. So, you know, what we do is we sell them cars with low down payments, um, a lot of minorities. And I noticed something one year into Trump's presidency. These people were coming in with, with a lot more money to pay down. They were filling out applications with very good jobs, um, you know, around here, BMW, suppliers like that, you know, very, very high-end companies. And within another two years of that, our repo rates were down to zero. Everyone was making their payments. Everyone was happy. Um, Can Trump win? I don't know, Um, because he's been beat to death and hammered on every subject but but what we should be caring about. And that's what we've allowed the media and this weak, 
need society we live in about, oh, he did something that somebody might not like. Well, you know what, Vince? Lots of people don't like to hear the truth. Okay, so I, I want to stop you there, question. Wes. I want to stop you just for a moment because I'm not I'm not objecting to truth. Okay, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying you right, saying but you. but I'm I think saying. what a lot of people are objecting to are some of the um, let's just say uh, unforced errors that this president has committed just in in recent days, and well, hey, I think he's not this the is most eloquent guy to ever <laughs> live. But again. I'm judging him on my life. Right. What 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 mattered, you know, what really, really mattered. And the question that I throw out there to people is, how did Trump fix it all? Remember Obama? I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, how, he can't do that. How you gonna do that? <laughs> That's a good impersonation, well, Trump, by the way. Trump, Trump did better than his estimate that Obama was mocking him for. Right. Trump did that. Now, I don't think Trump is a walking genius. You know what I think, Vince? I think we've been jerked around and fooled and treated like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz <laughs> by the Bushes, by the Clintons, by the Obamas, by whatever that machine is up there. Oh, yes. That's running this facade game. Okay? I'm with you. And I think a simple human being named Trump came in with one idea I care about America. And but with that simple premise and just just that weighing things, you know, saying no, I'm not going to do that. You know, he got no credit when Iran shot down that drone, and Lindsey Graham and all the war hawks are in there beating on his desk, saying we can't be perceived as weak. You know, we've got a right, right. Uh, hey, Wes, Wes, I'm running. Wes, I'm running against a hard break here in just a few seconds. You have about 20 seconds though to tell me how can he win. Can he win? You know, Vince, I can't answer. <laughs> you know, it's, but hey, it's okay. Go through our process and see if he's nominated. That's okay. That's, you know, All if right. somebody a better alternative, it'll shake out, right? It's fair enough, Wes. Hey, great to talk with you. Always good to hear from you in the Upstate of South Carolina. Stay with us, folks. Back on the broadcast, over on the text line. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Got to skip that one for sure. Vince, reasons not to support Trump. One, he's a lightning rod. Two, he's becoming the Hillary Clinton of the GOP. He won't go away. Three, he supported Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. Four, he gave us Christopher Ray and Jerome Powell. Oh, boy. If Trump wins the nomination, it's over for Republicans. He hasn't learned a single lesson. He didn't drain anything out of the swamp. He only made big government bigger. He bought the republic some time, but did nothing to stop the bleeding. He poured gas on the progressive fire every single day. DeSantis actually fights the threats to the Constitution without being a madman and without making things worse. He actually brings people together. I shudder to think about enduring another Trump candidacy. Wow, lots of interesting points in that particular text. If Trump wins in 2024, can he run for a third term? term? <laughs> okay. This person says, you're pushing an agenda. Really, I am. What is that? <laughs> Vince, when are people going to realize Brandon is a big, fat liar? 
How can he possibly say with a straight face Donald Trump failed America? Donald Trump made the last seven administrations look like children. As far as accomplishments go, typical communist doublespeak, success equals failure, and failure equals success. I mean, what idiot would run this record of the last two years up against four years of Donald Trump? Really? There is no logical comparison that would make this last two years look good at all. Now, if you're comparing it to Jimmy Carter... And in that case, Jimmy Carter may have the edge. This person saying, I'm never doing that again. Hashtag Trump hangover. You're always up against a break with someone on their talking good about Trump. Another conspiracy person here. Another person says, Amen, Wes. Vince Trump simply does not get it that Red Hat MAGA is now associated with January 6th and threatens democracy. The Dems, the news media, have accomplished these themes. Hmm. Just a sampling of some of the items on the text line. I promise we will get to more of your calls because a number of you are calling in today. Be patient because I want to update you on some news stories along the way, including this one. And this is not a liberal news source. This is the Washington Examiner, Paul Bedard. Get a load of this headline. Trump's 2024 odds in freefall. Biden and DeSantis would beat him. Politically damning headlines following last week's elections, coupled with what former aides call a lackluster 2024 campaign announcement on Tuesday. Interesting. Have tanked former President Donald Trump's betting odds of winning his job back. The betting site bookmakers.com told secrets this morning. Gamblers have shifted money to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and President Joe Biden as they seek a sure thing. In other words, they're putting their money on this, folks. Bookmakers.com spokesman Darren Hughes told us the election may be two years away yet. There is no doubt Donald Trump's pull in the Republican Party has weakened greatly in the last eight days. Many of Trump's closest allies saw their election bids fail miserably, as the 45th president's blessing is still seen as toxic in many areas of the U.S. Just last week, Trump was the odds-on favorite to win. No more. DeSantis first followed by Biden, then Trump. Biden has seen a surge in bets since Election Day when the expected red wave faded. His party kept control of the Senate, limited the size of the GOP majority in the House. Here's what they said about Biden. He had been largely assumed to be a single-term president as his approval ratings were at near-historic lows for such a young presidency. Last week's showing suggests there may be fight in the old dog yet and could be seen as a mandate for a re-election bid in 2024. You know, I'm ready to... Man, i got to find my bucket right now. A mandate? Really? Indeed, he is now seen as more likely than Trump to prove victorious in two years' time. The site has Trump as the top vice presidential pick, presumably on a DeSantis-Trump ticket. (laughs) Boy, that would never happen. 
I can guarantee you that never, ever, ever happen. Let's go out to the sprawling metropolis of Wadesboro, North Carolina, and Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Vince. How are you doing? All right, sir. Um, I've uh, I supported Trump uh, through all the garbage and stuff that I didn't like because all the good stuff he did. And right now, I believe he's the only hope we have to take take down a weaponized Department of Justice and FBI and rebuild them back into uh, useful. Uh, I love DeSantis, and uh, there was nothing I would like to see more than four years of Trump followed by eight years of DeSantis. Here's my question that I'll pose to you as I did with Wes. How can Donald Trump win? He has to reactivate the grassroots, and somehow it has going to have to be a grassroots movement because everything establishment, everything... Uh, Big corporation, big media, everything is go- they're going to pull everything they can. The Department of Justice, the, the FBI, they will not relent. They're they're going to fight him harder than ever. And so, so see, uh, can we can we stop a moment, Brian? Brian, yeah, because I, I, I don't want to get into all the conspiracy story, conspiratorial stuff because because the real central question now is can this man win over? especially independents and swing voters. That's the million-dollar question. All of that stuff really doesn't matter unless he wins those folks over. How does he do that? Well, that, that he's got to keep... He had a different tone last night, and he's got to hold on to that. He can't go back to being... The, the, um, back to lambasting everyone and, and uh, just... Uh, no borderline vulgar he, he's got got to uh and he's got to got to keep support from from the 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 uh mega people that that are elected and, and uh they're all shying away from him right now and, and so maybe there's not a path for him but uh see that's got to be brian that's got to be the central focus now and and i'm sure his team is focused on this how do we begin building uh, because that's got to be the key thing. Uh, I very much appreciate your call this morning, Brian. And, and I want you to understand, folks, any of you calling in, I'm not getting on anybody's case here. I'm just saying, realistically, this is going to be an uphill battle. Because I don't think he's starting where he did in 2016. I think he's behind 2016. Because he has to overcome his record. Not the good parts of his presidency, The bad part, January 6th, all of those things, that's what he has to overcome with voters. Stay with us. I have to tell you some really good items here on the text line. Beginning with this one. In grassroots politics, time is the enemy. People get burned out. The energy is hard to capture again. Trump can never rebuild what he had. Too many burned bridges. We need new, actually, conservative voices if we're to win. A few hundred cultists cannot sustain a political campaign. That's very insightful. It is. 
The only way Trump can win is if he has a come-to-Jesus moment and removes the plank from his own eye. Oh, my goodness. Some of you are really on it today. For Trump to have a chance, he needs to act like he did last night going forward. The construction format approach will not work this time. He needs to take the higher road, be the bigger adult in the room. The name-calling and bear-poking has grown old. Now we need just facts and data supporting it. He can do it. He has a chance. See, I, I all of these things I just shared are powerful. And it comes back to the question, can he change? I'm a little skeptical. I think he will have to be and do something different if he's to win again. Here's one way President Trump can win over some of the base you talked about. Just like you suggested with Herschel Walker, he has to admit his faults and where he went wrong. He also has to change the tone he used over a week ago against some fellow candidates. But that horse may have long left the stall. Jeff, you're right. See, I'm I'm tracking with all this stuff. And I want you let me let me just magnify everything that's just been said here and tell you this. Because I think I've communicated it before, but if I haven't, let me make this very clear. If I see a different Donald Trump, a humble Donald Trump, who, as this person, Jeff, especially, says, hey, acknowledge your faults. You know, I really screwed up by some of the things I did and said. I want to apologize. Ted Cruz, that was that was terrible of me. The way I was disrespectful toward your wife. I mean, I mean, go through everything. Clear everything out. Mike Pence. That's a huge one. And I know some of you, that's a very sore subject. And I'm not suggesting I want to see Mike Pence run for president or be on the ticket. But I'm telling you what, this that's huge for me. The fact that all you can say when you're asked a question about people saying, hang Mike Pence, other people were very angry. There's something really wrong with that. I'm just saying. There's got to be some serious reconciliation. And the sad thing is, it's, it's not like all these people are enemies. I think you have to, and I don't care who this is and where, but you have to really do some serious soul searching in your own life if you create enemies. I'm not talking about the deep state and all this other stuff. I'm talking about, and because I've said before, this man has had trouble with the shallow state. To me, you have trouble with the shallow state when you're endorsing Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House, a man with a, an F Liberty score. Is that draining the swamp? Just asking. And then we have this masterpiece. As Trump readies possible 2024 White House run, GOP mega donors, back DeSantis, Youngkin, and other Republicans. Folks, this is one of the things you want to watch in the next few days. Watch the money. And I know money may not be an issue for Donald Trump. But it can be an issue in the sense that it shows you where people's hearts and minds are. They're going to follow the money as well.
Some of the nation's wealthiest GOP donors have been eyeing Florida and Virginia's Republican governors, Ron DeSantis, Glenn Youngkin, as more electable candidates for the White House. The Trump has railed against the rising GOP stars. He certainly sees them as a threat as they steal away the party's attention and campaign donations further away. Some of Trump's most loyal backers, Citadel CEO Ken Griffin, who gave over $100 million in the midterms, mainly toward Republicans running for state and federal races, recently told Politico he would back DeSantis if he runs for president. $100 million, Can you imagine? Just, oh, here's $100 million. In fact, a growing group of Republican mega donors are backing a fresh crop of GOP presidential candidates, even as Donald Trump readies his own likely bid for the White House, blaming the former U.S. president for the party's lackluster performance in the midterms last week. And some of the wealthiest donors eyeing DeSantis and Youngkin as more rational, more importantly, electable candidates for the White House in 2024. Neither of these guys have even made any anything close to an announcement but they've both started putting in place the fundraising teams and infrastructure necessary to explore a presidential bid this is another interesting thing to watch the money people are not going to waste money (laughs) unless you're supporting the candidacy of Two people who spent over a million, hundred million dollars on. You know who I'm talking about. Georgia, Texas. My goodness. Hour number two is straight ahead. We'll take more of your calls. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas. An independent voice for liberty. An oasis of sanity and civility. A breath of fresh air. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Great things here on the text line. I'm going to go a totally different direction here in a moment. And we have a very patient caller. In fact, I'm going to go to that caller right now here in Charlotte. Ernest, good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Vince. Uh, yeah, I wanted to just make a comment. I think all of this discussion about 2024 is really premature. But I do think that if Republicans use the can opener that they have been given on that rotting can of tuna that is the Biden administration in terms of the purposeful destruction of the border, uh, the collusion, what appears between the White House and the teachers unions and the uh, FBI and the DOJ and also the... uh, news media organizations that seem to uh, all sing the same tune and do everything together. I think I think things may dramatically change by about June, and you ought to reflect on what's being talked about now in about six or seven months after the Republicans can get out their uh, subpoenas and start having hearings. And bringing the 20 or 30 FBI whistleblowers in, I really think once all that is said and done and they look at the Biden family and what has and they can get the 150 bank referrals that they can't get now because the Democrats won't allow the Republicans to have them unless a Democrat signs off on it. I don't think Biden's going to be able to run. So that's my comment. 
That is a, that's very insightful, Ernest. Hey, I very much appreciate your call because this is one of the things that's promised by Republicans, some investigations to get to the heart of some of these matters, like the FBI, how it's been run, why investigations like that of Hunter Biden seem to have gone nowhere, ultimately. Why is that? These are very valid questions. And at the heart of this... Honestly, do we really care that much about Hunter Biden? We know at the heart of this. We know at the heart of this. That there is no way you could implicate Hunter Biden without getting to Joe Biden. There's no question this man has been a beneficiary financially. From China and other countries because of his son's dealings. This could be very ugly, and as the caller suggested, we may have a very different picture by this time next year. Very insightful. Over on the text line, Vince, Dave out of Fort Mill, my wife and I both voted for Trump 2020, will not vote for him in 24. I predict that if he does not get the nomination, he'll run as a third-party candidate, as his ego will not accept not getting the nomination. If that happens... It will guarantee a Democratic win. That's one thing I'm really concerned about, to be honest with you. Vince, I supported Trump 2016, 2020. However, it's time for the party to move on. We need a candidate who is composed and logical. At this point, Trump is nothing more than a wall of negative sound bites for the liberal media to knock down. Good morning, Vince. We need a young, fresh face addressing and explaining how to get this country going again. Not promises, but someone that says, this is the plan. This is what we're going to start immediately. Confront the Democrats. Ask them if they're okay leaving a baby to die on the table after nine months of pregnancy because the mom does not want the baby. This is a subject no one seems to put the facts on the table and make everything clearer. The Republicans had a chance. They did nothing on this subject. How can we get better and feel at ease? Buying a little bit more groceries because prices are going back to normal. We need someone that can make a difference for our generation, our young generation, and can really get their attention in a good way. We need more faith in our country. We need to get closer to God. Pray for peace, stability, and progress. That is from Gigi. Very good post. Vince, what is wrong with your audience? They sound like a clinical session with a therapist. What happened to the land of the free and the home of the brave? If it comes down to freedom, liberty, and pushing back on Marxists, they better consider the Trump agenda. Well, the Trump agenda is wonderful, if he can get elected. Yes, and I'm just going to be blunt with you. This is exactly what is needed. We need to have these conversations. Trump needs to have these conversations about himself. I've said to you repeatedly, folks, at the end of the day, Talk shows, campaign ads, all that stuff, surrogates going out in the campaign trail, they are not going to make up for a candidate. If that candidate is not liked, if that candidate is not supported, only the candidate can fix that. That, to me, is job number one. How does he improve 
his reputation and image, especially with swing voters. That's the challenge. I want to go a totally different direction. This does not close off discussion on the presidential race. You're still free to call and text about that. But I want to hit something I found really intriguing. Before we go into this, I want to make it very clear. I opposed the ruling from the Supreme Court on so-called homosexual marriage. I don't think it's an area of jurisdiction for the Supreme Court. I just don't. So the Senate is getting ready to take some action to address some of these issues kind of proactively. Part of this on the Republican side to take the issue away from Democrats. So the Senate is preparing to protect same-sex and interracial marriages. And this story, I think this is in the Charlotte Observer, with help from Tom Tillis. Now, I want you to hear this first line, and I'm going to go into why I have a problem with this. Senator Tom Tillis proposed an amendment to protect religious liberties and prevent polygamous unions as Congress prepares this week to recognize same-sex and interracial marriages in federal law. Now, what is marriage? Now, I'm not even getting into religion. I think if you listen to my program with regularity, you know I'm not a person who is toting the Bible to support positions. I will give you logical positions, and I'll give you an example. What is marriage? Marriage is a, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, I'm putting my Christian cap on for a moment and telling you it is a covenant relationship between a man and a woman for life. That's what a true Christian marriage is. Now, stepping back into the secular world, we previously have only recognized relationships between a man and a woman. So you have two important elements. Number one, you have complementary sexes. In other words, it's a male and a female. The other thing is you have two people. Here's my question. If you have two people, and you've now determined that neither one of them has to be the opposite sex, why in the world would you promote a law that prevents these unions from having more people? I think that's hypocritical. You t- Please tell me I'm wrong here. I'm not advocating for polygamy. I'm just saying, once we take down this barrier of opposite sex, don't you also have to recognize throuples or larger groups of people coming together? Let's talk about it. Back of the text line. So I'm putting this thought out to you. Tom Tillis, among those supporting legislation to basically protect same-sex and interracial marriages. And I've said, you know, by the one of the things it also does, prevents polyamorous unions. Polygamous unions, actually. Polygamous unions. And my point is, if you're going to allow men to marry men, women to marry women, how can you limit the number of people in the relationship? On what basis do you do that? I'm not being smart like when I say this, but I think it's appropriate to ask the question.
over on the text line. This texture of the upstate says the federal government has no business getting involved in marriage or civil unions at all. Not even on tax breaks. See, this is where they get you. That's the little carrot they wave before you. Vincent, thing is, the Christian version of marriage is the most logical version of marriage, intricate and beautiful. I agree with you. I don't disagree with this at all. Jam out of Easley agrees with what I said. Hell yes, Vince, the more the merrier. <laughs> Another texture saying, Vince, my wife, called out that same hypocrisy years ago. Yeah. Thrupples? Ooh, gross. Deviant, perverse, and most of all, evil. It may be. But I'm saying to you, on what basis, if you're supporting legislation to allow same-sex marriage, on what basis can you oppose more than one more than two people in the relationship i'm just saying vince i'm a pentecostal preacher's kid born and raised in the church the argument of homosexuality has caused fallout with my father he believes that i've thought about this issue of homosexual marriage and polygamy polygamy for years what is keeping polygamy off the table no one has an answer except because where is the rest of this message I want the rest of it it has disappeared in any case ha ah, two men it's hypocritical at best I've never had a clear answer a compelling argument from anyone ever it's a great question to ask Trevor says I want to read the rest of this message, see if this comes out. Sure, I could use a few more wives, then I can retire early. <laughs> Is that how it works? Uh, I'm serious, folks. This is really lacking in logic. There isn't any. And so Tom Tillis, and I'm not just picking on Tom Tillis, I'm basically saying the whole thing. You basically, if you're making the equal protection argument, you have to open marriage up to anybody to do anything. Seriously. Now, I would assume we're, I'm not being, I'm seriously, I promise, I'm not just trying to be inflammatory here. I assume we're excluding animals. But I'm I'm trying to be serious here. On what basis can we oppose a relationship that involves more than two people? I I just don't see the the basis by which you can do that at all. <laughs> this texture a few more wives and you could never afford to retire. <laughs> Ah, uh, Vince, I really enjoy your show. You do a wonderful job. I don't always agree with what you say, but when that happens, you always make me take a step back and think. Most of the time, I find myself wrong, and you right. You always bring up good points that I've never considered before. Doing a great job. Keep it up, Mr. Vince. Well, very kind of you to say. 
Why can't conservatives mind their own business and stay out of everyone's bedroom? Democrats get this one correct. You really think so? (laughs) No. The truth is they're in there as well because they're involved in the tax code. So you can't say they're staying out of people's business because they aren't. They really aren't. I think this texter has tried to send the message again, the Pentecostal preacher's kid. The argument of homosexuality has caused fallout with my father. He believes marriage was designed by God to be between a man and a woman. My issue is not everyone's a Christian, so why push my views on these people? And... um, That's a question that I think we also have to wrestle with. The point about the the purpose of, uh, I'm trying to say this without going into the liberal argument here, but I don't see a biblical basis anywhere for Christians trying to impose something on unbelievers. That's where I am for sure. Marriage is... Principled in the Holy Bible is the best recipe for successful families. Today's multiple alternatives are everyone compromises with satanic principles of anti-good and anti-Christ. I, I don't disagree with you. By the way, <laughs> this text is hilarious. The worst thing about polygamy, multiple mothers-in-law. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is really funny. Good stuff. Just a sampling of some of the items here. Let's get the government out of marriage. Remove from all legal references. People can establish power of attorney with whomever. No tax breaks, etc. That's where I am. I think that's where this needs to go. Take all of it away from government. But you're not going to find people who want to do that. Because there's too much power in this. Too much control. And this is what this is really all about. Let's go to this sprawling metropolis of Waxhaw. And Dave, Dave, got about a minute or so. Good morning and welcome. Vince, I'll be real quick. The Bible is truth. The farther we get away from the Bible, the more of a mess we get into. That's just as simple as that, man. I appreciate your show, Vince. I agree with Don't you. Have I, have apologize. I... Do, do not ever apologize for standing <laughs> on the Scripture. Well, thanks. it is the way, the truth, the life. i, I got to ask you the quick question. Sure. Do you, do you agree with the premise of my question? That once we go down this road, there's, no, there's really no legitimate basis to stop any relationship. Yes, yes, I do, and many other conservative Christians around the country do. There's a lot of people that are really upset, and I'm one of them with Tom Tillis. He will yeah. not get my vote the next go-round if he dares to run again. <laughs> I hear you, Dave. Hey, very much appreciate your vote and your call. Uh, let's go out to Gary real quickly, uh, see if you can get it in in 15 seconds. What do you have to say? Yeah, the, uh, the mantra before the Supreme Court ruling was that uh, if two people love each other, what difference does, does sex make? Well, uh, how do they get to define sex as only two people? What difference does it make if three people love each other, four people, or five people? Now, I, I'm not agreeing with that, but they want to discriminate against poly people, but they were the first ones uh, screaming discrimination at the beginning. Yep. I, I hear you. Gary, I appreciate your call out of Concord. Stay with us, folks.
You know, one of the things that I try to do on this program, I try to deal with things from really just a logical standpoint. And there really are no sacred cows here. I have my own views, my own beliefs, my own convictions. And yet at the same time, I expect people to be able to make arguments to defend what they are doing. And some things that are done are just downright illogical. Completely illogical. And I think the onus is on the people who are presenting legislation to explain and to justify what they are doing. Let's go out to Rutherford 10, North Carolina. We've been all over today. Rutherford 10 is Linda. Good morning, Linda. Well, good morning, Vince. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to word this um, correctly. There's no politically correct way of wording it. Um, I am a Christian. I do believe in marriage with a man and a woman. But my question is, um, I do believe that when two people of the same sex get married, it is very advantageous for health care because one can then get on the other's um, health care legally. Right. And be covered. So my question is, if this is okay with the government for same-sex marriage to have health care, what about people that have veterinary care for their animals? Why can't they get married and have them on their health care? <laughs> How far does the government want to push this? See, and and I tried to keep this with I tried to keep this within the realm of humans, Linda, but I understand. <laughs> I know that. I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> if the government keeps pushing the agenda farther and farther left. Yeah. What's to say that the next thing isn't going to be, I can marry my dog or I can marry my horse See, and get health care for Linda, it. this is the heart of progressivism because no. there's no end to it. That's and, and I think that's the point you're making. There's no end to this, and there's really no restrictions or limits you can put on this logically. You can't. Uh-huh. And, you know, if two people love each other and they want to do whatever they want to do in the privacy but don't push it on TV. Don't push it in my face. Um, if I see a channel that features that, I change the channel. Yeah. But the thing is, they want the Christians to eliminate their channels. They well, they want you to keep you know keep whatever you're talking about, keep it in a church building, so nobody else has to listen to it. That's the, that's their approach, but they want to put all of this, you know, and I had an interesting conversation, believe it or not, Linda, this was a conversation with someone who is gay and this person agreed with me. And here's the statement I made. I said, for people who represent apparently between five and 10% of the population, homosexuality is overrepresented on modern television. Would you agree with that statement, Linda? 100%. They they are going, I and and again this is I, I mean no disrespect toward anybody, uh, mm-hmm. that's not the point. The point of it is that this has become an agenda to put this in front of people's faces all the time, and and frankly and and like I said, this is not the first person I've talked to who's gay who's agreed with this, that mm-hmm. that they recognize that yes there is an agenda here. 
There really is. So, uh, Linda, great to talk with you. And uh, do call again sometime uh, (laughs) from that sprawling metropolis of Rutherfordton, North Carolina. It's a nice area out there in North Carolina. You know, and again, you know, some people might think I'm trying to be provocative, and that's really not the point. Jimmy out of Fountain Inn. Vince, can I marry myself and then take two deductions <laughs> on my taxes? I don't think the I don't think the uh, IRS would appreciate that. When will you have Tom Tillis on your show? You know, now that you say that, I'm going to reach out to Tom Tillis and see if you will come on the broadcast. I don't think we've ever had him on this program. But, you know, why not? You know, I welcome any perspective here, right? Is that that fair enough? The person who said government should get out of marriage altogether was 100% correct. When you get married, sign a marriage license, you just made your marriage a contractual relationship between you, your spouse, and the state. Just so you know, the term license means by permission. God ordained marriage from the very beginning, long before there were ever governments. We don't need their permission to do something we have a right to do from God. Have the ceremony among friends and family recorded in the front of your Bible. Present yourselves as married. Carry on with your life. Remember, anytime you sign a government document, you're waiving rights you had under the Constitution. You're now participating in a government-regulated activity. Wow, this is really... This is really insightful. (laughs) Morning, Vince. I supported voted for Trump twice. I was disappointed when he declared he was running last night. It's too polarizing now. Sigh. That is from D. On this issue of marriage, it's the boiling frog technique, Vince. Yes, it is indeed. Um, A lot of people don't like to look at things that way, but it's really true. And this is what what happens? Vince Tillis is a mental midget. The devil has invaded his brain. We were once a Judeo-Christian nation. Now we're a sick nation. Good day, Vince. That's Russ out of Moonville. Ooh. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line didn't get too near the content I was hoping to get to. But we have some great calls, great conversation today. Don't you agree? And we will always continue that. That's what we're here for. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.